Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mench Warmers. Thanks for joining us, our uh, bi-weekly podcast about Jews and sports. That's right, we're the Mench Warmers, recapping the best of the Jewish sports world and Beauty and the Baker <laughs> what's, recap podcast. What's Beauty, what's Beauty and the Baker? It's a popular Israeli television series Okay, about you know, just a regular guy running a bakery in Israel and a supermodel falls in love with him through his delicious treats. Oh, cool. It's a romantic comedy series. That sounds... Bad, I guess I'm gonna say. Is yeah. it on? Is it on Canadian television? Is it on Netflix now? Um, I don't know what the local redistributor of shows from Keshet Broadcasting is, <laughs> but uh, I don't. I don't believe so. It's on Channel Four. Okay, there you go. It's there on Channel go. Four in the UK. So our, okay. our British It'll listeners be here can watch Beauty and the Baker. Okay, cool. Um, it's Wednesday, December 18th right now. Uh, this is going to be our last podcast of the year. We'll take a little break after this. Uh, but wishing everybody a happy Hanukkah, uh, after this podcast, Hanukkah coming up in a few days, uh, wish people a Merry Christmas as well. If for some reason they celebrate <laughs> Christmas and are listening to our podcast, yeah. you have a holiday too. Yeah. So, you know, it. don't feel left out, uh, Christmas celebrators. I know, I know this time of year is so, so, so little celebration of your holiday. I wonder if we have any listeners who are those people that are so Christian, they're Jewish, like people, you know, Christian people who do like a Seder and oh, keep yeah. kosher. Like Ned Flanders. Like, like Ned Flanders. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think there's very many of those, but if anyone's on there, uh, you know, glad, thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back in a few weeks after this. Uh, start off the show, unfortunately, a little bit of sad news in the Jewish sports world. Uh, we learned recently that David Stern, the longtime commissioner of the NBA, uh, now now considered the commissioner emeritus, uh, suffered a brain aneurysm and has had to have surgery. He's in he's in serious condition as we as we as we discuss it now. So obviously our, our prayers with him and, and hopefully he is uh, able able to recover. But I'm, I'm not sure what the situation is. Yeah, it's very sad. Uh, brain hemorrhages and, and brain stuff are are scary. And uh, David Stern, sort of a titan of the sports world, the titan of the Jewish sports world, uh, and we wish him and his family the best of luck. Yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't really talked so much about Jewish commissioners, but uh, they have been a you know big facet of major North American sports over the last th- three or four decades. Baseball, baseball, basketball. basketball I yeah, say basketball. I mean, Stern came in, I think, in '84 or something like and that. Adam Silver, Adam Silver, since then. So really, yeah. the last thirty-five years have been Jewish commissioners. Uh, baseball hasn't had well, it had Seelig for a while, but not Manfred's not. Is Seelig Jewish? Seelig is. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. What is? Time. How many Jews are named Bud? It's not his real name. I, I know his Bud, real name. Bud, Bud, Bud. Calvin Trillin's Bud. Really, he's Bud. Go, Calvin Trillin's yeah. Jewish. Calvin Trillin's Jewish. Of I course. didn't know that. That's ridiculous. That's our literary corner for this week, discussing whether or not Calvin Trillin is Jewish. He's but incredibly he, Jewish. He writes about his love for scallops all the time. Never, nevertheless, he's, he's incredibly Jewish. I, I uh, know and that. goes by Bud. Um, Bud. Gary, Bat- Gary Batman's Jewish, right? Yeah. Yeah. Batman's Jewish. And uh, yeah. football, I don't think, has had any Jewish commissioners. I, I mean, no. There are no. not a lot of Jews Rizal, in Brazil. Rizal, Tagliabue, Goodell. Not Jewish. Not no. Jewish. No, yeah. I don't think so. Lots of Jewish owners. Anyways. Yeah, um, it's. It, it, interesting about David Stern. I was looking up his son, Eric Stern, just sort of in doing some research for this. There's a man named Eric Stern who is LinkedIn tells us that he's the dir- director of sediment management for some company. I don't think that's David Stern's son. No, I don't think so. Common enough name. But good job with the uh, the Googling on the fly for <laughs> David Stern's relatives. Anyways, our, our thoughts and prayers with the Stern family. Anyway, since this is our last show of the year, and uh, Gabe, we've been going for almost a full year now. We started last March. March. Kind of amazing to think. Uh, wow. We started off just as two idiots uh, 
you know, sitting on a couch talking about Jews and sports. And now we're know, two idiots sitting at a table talking about Jews and sports. Oh, how times have changed. With a slightly larger understanding of who is who is and who is not a Jewish athlete, <laughs> a slightly more comprehensive knowledge of, of who's a Jewish athlete. So um, thought it'd be a good opportunity to look back on this year and mm. think about what our favorite stories have been, uh, favorite stories that we've done on the podcast. So Gabe, what, what, do you, what do you think? What's your favorite thing that we've done? So I've got two. I loved making our boxing episode. I thought it was a really fascinating story and a lot of rich history about Jews in boxing, talking about Sammy Luffspring with his Toronto connection. Right. The myth of Max Bear's Judaism. and Yeah, I think that was a great one. I, I, I don't have the episode number. I think it was five or six off our off top of my head, but all our archives are available. And, you know, it was, a, it was a good one because it really went into the history of Jews in North America and Europe as well in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, coming up in the boxing world and uh, the history of boxing as well as a, sports of, a sport of immigrants in a large part for the Absolutely. last hundred years and or it, so. I, I think we recorded it, I think, just before uh, Anthony Ruiz won the heavyweight championship. Right. Uh, so you talk about a sport of uh, scrappers. It was a, a sort of a unheralded Mexican beating a British black man for a championship. It was a very sort of world global boxing moment. Yeah. And uh, thanks to uh, Lou Eisen, who was our guest that during that podcast. Yep. That was great. So, that yeah, that was a great story. And uh, another one. That you said was was your other favorite story of the uh, of the year. I really liked how sort of this was less of our. We talked about this only a bit, but the rise of Denis Shapovalov through the oh, Canadian yeah. and na- global tennis ranks. From I mean, he had made a final previously, but he had really sort of taken the other step, leading Canada to the Davis Cup final uh, as well a couple of weeks ago. Which, uh, in case anyone ha- hasn't heard all, uh, outside of our podcast, has happened. Yeah. Um, and they lost to Spain in the finals, but but still they made it to the finals. The team impressive. led by Shapovalov had a, a really wonderful tournament. Um, as well, he had great finishes at a number of marquee events, and and he is overshadowed by Bianca, another Canadian tennis superstar. Bianca Andreescu, who won the U.S. Open. Yes, but he is Jewish, so he's more relevant to us. That's true. Uh, you know, I think this 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 year was a year of progress for Shapovalov. Certainly, he won a tournament um, for the first time, right? I, no, I think so. he had won Miami last oh, okay. year, but he um, he made a couple of finals this year. Right. Anyways, but, you know, it was a year of progress. I think there's still more potential there, and, and we'll see how far he can go. You know, tennis has been so dominated by the the big four the last, you know, 15 years or so that it's like it's hard for anyone to crack through. But uh, he might be the one who can do it. I, you know, there's uh, an exciting young Canadian tennis scene, and it's exciting to see Shapovalov as a – you know, sort of Soviet-Israeli Jew, uh, re- more recently of Canada. Absolutely. Taking the reins, and, and, and let's see what he can do out there. Yep. So just to catch up, he uh, lost in the finals in Paris to Djokovic. Right. Which is a 1,000 final. It's right. the biggest tournament that isn't a... Uh, Premier Five. A Premier Five. Um, and he also won the Stockholm Open. Right, which is in a, Stockholm, yeah. Yeah, which is a... a lower a, tier, but, a lower still, tier, a but still a victory. Yeah. I mean, I think that he would probably win the, uh, you know, we, we'll have to come up with a Lou Marsh equivalent for the best Jewish athlete of the year. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he might be the one. I mean, it's either him or, uh, I don't know, Edelman, Super, Super Bowl MVP is pretty impressive. Alex Bragg, Bregman, Bregman yeah. close. So what, close. what do we call this award? This is a great question. Is there like a legendary Jewish, the Hank Greenberg Award? The Kofax Award. The Kofax. We'll have to, you know, we'll have to brainstorm this. Maybe we'll announce the results after the year is over. Maybe, that's right. maybe something will happen in the last two weeks and, of the year that surprises and us. And when we get to year three, four, five of this podcast, <laughs> We right. expect the Kofax. We talk about who's going to get the Kofax this year. Yeah, who's exactly. going to get the uh, the Greenberg? Maybe one day we rename this award the Shapovalov. Yeah. Who knows? Well, Jamie, now that we've talked about me and El Chapo, what, what, what did you enjoy working on this year? 
Well, I think uh, when we first started talking about this podcast and, and why why we wanted to do it, the idea behind it was twofold. One was, you know, Jews sitting around talking about who's Jewish and who's not Jewish. And the other big Jewish sporting event over the last couple of years was Team Israel's rise in the World Baseball Classic. It's a, it's a classic Jewish tradition to argue over who else is Jewish, oh, how absolutely. Jewish someone is or isn't. Absolutely. I mean, some might say it's the uh, foundation of the entire state of Israel. <laughs> Uh, or at least a big chunk of it. Well, they call Jewish geog. They call asking, you know, how do you know certain people? Jewish geography. So, sure. So is this Jewish history or Jewish social studies? I think this is Jewish gym class. Jew- <laughs> this podcast, at least. This podcast, at least. Yeah. This is the. Uh, this is if this is a, a gym class. You know, this is as close to sports as, as we're going to get sometimes. Just mm-hmm. commenting on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, on that topic, you know, Team Israel baseball, I think, was a big moment for a lot of North American and world Jews mm-hmm. around the world when Israel made a charge in the World Baseball Classic and, and made it all the way to the to the semifinals. Um, was really impressive. We had Jonathan Mayo on, and I think our third or fourth show talking right. about coming home, the tale of Team Israel. Uh, documentary that released we, this year released this year uh, that we encourage everybody to go check out and you know that documentary was really just meant to be about initially it was just meant to be about making the world baseball classic and the trip to israel that uh, the, the the mostly american the, the jews, jews the jews the american <laughs> jews made and uh, Pre- before the tournament before the tournament yeah and it ended up being something more because of how successful team israel was uh in that tournament so that was really inspiring, I think, and really uh, a lot of fun for for Jewish spectators of baseball around the world. Mm-hmm. But this year brought something, uh, I would say, of equal prominence in the Israeli baseball world, which we covered uh, throughout the summer. Israel qualified and participated in the European Baseball Classic. They didn't win. But after that was a joint Europe and Africa qualifier for the Olympics, uh, the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. That's and right. Israel won that entire tournament. And, and they qual- beat the European champion in Italy, yeah. Italy to yeah. win that tournament. They beat the Netherlands. They beat Italy in that tournament. And they qualified for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. And that was just like, you know, such an amazing thing. Konnichiwa, uh, Tokyo. You know, I was watching live streams of, of the games that had, you know, 250 spectators at them. It was very, like, podunk European baseball it's like they could barely put a field together in some of right. these towns where do they play is, it uh, like, is there like towns in italy with sand lots i'm forgetting now but one of them was in germany there was there were games in bonn i think okay um and there were other games in somewhere else in germany you know they have the odd field here and there they can they can put up bleachers and it's not it's not that tough to convert a you know a cricket field or a soccer pitch in, into it um but you know the big story i think is that israel qualified for the tokyo games uh that'll be a big story we're talking about in 2020 they're one of six teams in the tournament, so right. the chance of them they know, got a fifth, arithmetically they got a coin flip of a coin medal. flip of a chance to get a medal. Uh, I'm gonna have like a six month old baby when the games are going on, so uh, maybe I'll there will already be, be up a, all exactly, night. There'll be a reason I'll be up all night, anyways. So I'll yeah. be watching the games. Arithmetically, and, you're likely to be up. <laughs> I have as good a chance of being up to watch Israel play baseball as they do of winning a medal. Exactly, and you know, I, I think for for some of our uh, Israeli fans, listeners, people more interested in Israel. It's interesting to note that, you know, the players on the team now have to be citizens of Israel. It's not just eligibility. They've all become Israeli citizens. Um, So that's, I think, going to be a big thing that we focus on in 2020. And uh, anything else for 2020? I mean, you know, stick and rock on this one. That's uh, looking back and (laughs) and what we're enjoying and and looking forward to things things in the future. I mean, I think the Olympics. The Olympics are going to be big. There's a number of 
athletes we're excited to talk about, a number of guests we're excited to have on the show. We'd love to talk to you about your favorite uh, Jewish Olympians, if anybody wants to tell us about, any sure. of our listeners wants to tell us about some Jewish Olympians that they know, they've heard of, uh, they've watched in the past. Um, there are some Jewish world champions we'll be watching. Uh, uh, the world canoeing champion, which is a glamorous Olympic sport, is Jewish, sure. a woman named Jessica Fox, and we wish her the best of luck. Uh, we'll continue to update you on some of the Olympic sports that might not get a lot of airtime throughout the year, um, but leading up to the Olympics, we'll be following the Jews that are likely to medal uh, as the games get closer. Is there uh, are there other big sporting events in 2020? Is there a Euro Cup? There's a Euro Cup. Yeah, um, I do not believe Israel. Is no, they're definitely not. But no. uh, we'll see. Maybe there's some we'll Jewish see. soccer players we can. There look might into. be. Um, I don't know. I can't think of any that are on major club teams or that are on major European national teams. Right. Maybe there's. Uh, an English guy or a, a Swiss guy here or there. But the Olympics, I think, will be a big focus as we get yep. towards the summer. Uh, unfortunately, it is once again in a time zone that is as far away from ours as possible. <laughs> I mean, it's been the last several Olympics now that have just been brutal to, for, for North American spectators. But what are you going to do? Yes. Although I, they time some of the best events, right? We'll be able to watch they do. Either f- the 100 men's 100 meter final at 7 p.m. and the right. swimming and et cetera, et cetera. Right. They'll do it either first thing in the morning in Japan or, or late in the day so that yep. we can watch it in the reverse here in North America. Um, yeah, I think that's a big one for me. I mean, you know, there's there's all kinds of Jewish athletes that we've profiled in the past that, you know, we continue to wish them well in 2020 and, mm-hmm. and excited to see how they do it. Lots of young people who are coming up. Absolutely. And see, how, see how they keep going. So why don't we take a break there and uh, come back and we'll have a nice long discussion about <laughs> the holidays, our, the holidays and, and what, what our plans are. Do they, is anybody Jewish ever covered all they want for Christmas is you? Oh, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, they say it's the most the most best selling holiday song of all time. Is Mariah Carey not just? Is she Sephardic? Is that her? Yeah, that's no? right. I, I think Buble is yeah. uh, is Jewish too. Maybe I heard uh, Buble's version in a restaurant today. It's not very good. There was a good tweet I saw the other day from uh, Emily Nussbaum, a guest on our sister podcast, The Canadian Jewish Schmooze, where she commented on the first episode of the season of uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I've decided not to watch because I find it just a little too much now. Anyways, but uh, apparently Midge Maisel, uh, Rachel Brosnahan's character, doesn't know the words to White Christmas. And Emily Nussbaum tweeted, not only do Jews know the words to White Christmas, a Jew wrote White Christmas. <laughs> Because it's an Irving Berlin song. Right, and of it's course. Sort of like, yeah, it's amazing how many uh, Christmas songs are written by Jews. I'm looking at the list of covers of All I Want for Christmas is You. Um, from all of them, the one that stands out, there is an Edina Menzel Oh, okay, cover, there you go. An Adele Bazim yeah. cover. I think she did a, she did, she did a Christmas album a couple years ago. She so. did, called Holiday Wishes. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that she's covered most of the most Absolutely. Of the There's probably a Jewish person in Bowling for Soup. Sure. Who have done a cover of it. Somebody named Teodora Sava who is a Romanian Eurovision contestant. She could be Jewish. Sure. Well, all I want for Christmas is you uh, hit number one this week. Uh, you know, 25 years after its release. Pretty amazing. I, I'd love to see an all I want for Hanukkah is a ta. All right, well, let's take a quick break and get back and, and talk about some holiday planning and uh, content planning for the holidays. We spoke last week a little bit about the attempt by Hallmark and Lifetime or whatever these nonsense Christmas channels are to put out some Hanukkah movies and it's sort of been in the news. I, I think a lot of people have been talking about it this year and the consensus seems to be they're, they're all terrible. <laughs> uh, and you know, this is a little more content related or, or media related than we typically get, but whatever, you know, it's winter. There's not a lot to talk about sports wise. Um, so this is inspired a little bit by an article on, uh, Hey a great, uh, 
Jewish women's website, I would say. Um, and they wrote, uh, there's an article by Rachel Bernstein. She wrote, Disney somehow nailed the Hanukkah TV movie back in 2003. And it's an article on the Disney original movie, uh, Full Court Miracle, Ooh. which is about a uh, Jewish day school's basketball team that, uh, you know, finds the true meaning of Hanukkah and wins Why? some basketball games. Do they games. win the basketball games? According to her, yeah. Do, do they score what should be a free throw, but for some reason is an eight-pointer? Oh, that's good. Thank you. Um, you know, one one point guard lost the entire game. Yeah, that's... <laughs> they only thought he was going to make it for one minute. But of he, course, he played, he all, played eight, all, all eight, eight minutes. minutes. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or they they got eight guys on the court on the eighth day of Hanukkah because they thought they could only have one. Yeah. So full disclosure, I have not actually seen this movie. Yeah. But uh, it inspired us to think a little bit about some of the best Jewish sports movies. I mean, this is you know the Christmas holidays are coming up, and as, as we pointed out, most of our listeners are probably not celebrants. Of, of the Christmas holidays, at least, but are probably celebrants of Jewish Hollywood. Yeah. And the Jewish tradition, I think, of watching movies on Christmas. For for those of you who aren't Jewish and might be listening to this, if you've heard of sort of any sort of Jewish conspiracy or group of Kabbalic or a cabal of Jews who may run Hollywood, we're about to get really deep into the true extent of their influence. Yeah. That really, this is about as much power as, as Jewish people have in Hollywood. So is to make Full Court Miracle once 17 years ago. Yeah, that's right. And and not to have made any really good Hanukkah movies since then. So not a lot of Hanukkah movies on our list per se, but but some Jewish sports movies to talk about. Yep. Um, but yeah, as we're talking about the the Jewish powers that be in Hollywood, any anti-Semites who are listening to this podcast, please stop listening. To we don't we don't want you having any. We don't need you having any fodder. Um, so uh, Gabe, why don't you start us off? Uh, talk about a Jewish sports when movie I, that's near near to your heart. When I was about twelve in Hebrew school, and I think this is something that pretty much most twelve-year-olds in some sort of Hebrew school watch sure. have. We were sat down and explained that to talk to us about what it was like being Jews in the secular Christian world, we would be watching School Ties. Oh yeah, right. I, we're getting a nodding, a uh, 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 knowing nod from our producer, Michael, who is yeah. a big fan of that film. The w- In fact, I believe one year he dressed as both Brendan Fraser and Matt Damon for Halloween. Wow. So School Ties is a movie, I don't know, from the 80s, I'm going to say? Late 80s, early, early 90s? 90s? Early 90s. Early 90s, yeah. Where Brendan Fraser, who I believe is not Jewish. No, not no, at all. But he is a Torontonian. Yeah. Is a, a Jewish football star who is sent through his football, he gets a scholarship through his football prowess. prowess to the local Catholic boarding school, right? which happens to be the best football school in the state. And he has to sort of hide that he's Jewish because it would be, you know, it would make him an, an outsider. It's set, in the, it's set in the 50s, I think, right? I or believe 40s so. Or 50s. And the, perhaps the biggest uh, Goyasha bully. Is there a Yiddish word for a Goyasha bully? Yeah, probably. Yeah, the probably. biggest, you know, schmuck. Sure. Of the bunch is Matt Damon himself. Yeah, he really plays a bad guy in that yeah. movie. I feel There's, like he hasn't let himself play quite if, a villain since then. If you want to hear a lot of epithets for Jewish people that haven't been used in like 70 years, that's the movie to watch them in. Yeah, a lot of, lot, a lot of like sheeny. Yeah, you know? they, they call keep calling him a sheeny. Which like I, I, I no one has ever used in uh colloquial way around me. I, if it wasn't no. for school ties, I don't think I would know Exactly, like I'm not sure that not like neo-Nazis even call people that these days. Yeah, no, they progressed to something else. So we apologize to anyone uh, over 70 who is actually offended by our use of the term sheeny, but, yep. uh, you know, I've never heard it uh, used as a slur. So just for a quick uh, uh, story about school ties, it's about a, there's a football sort of 
plot line, but at the same time, the Jewish student, Brandon Fraser, plays yeah. a guy named David Green, is accused of cheating on an exam. Right, right. And he is willing to take the bullet for the football team because the football program will get canceled. Right. And everyone at school says, we know you did it, you J-E-W. Mm. Uh, and all of them will fail, and all of them will get kicked off the football team. So he is prepared to do it. But after exposure and learning that he was a uh, good guy, even though he is a Jew, the whole team sort of fingers Matt Damon, the real cheater. Quite the moment of, for, of growth for the uh, the local boys in school ties. Uh, exactly. I haven't seen it in, in more in like probably 18, 20 years, but uh, I remember it being good. You know? Yep. It, so the the movie ends it with a pretty classic line, uh huh, where Matt Damon says, "I'm going to Harvard next year, and you'll still be a Jew." And Brendan Fraser goes, "And you're just a prick." Uh-huh. And I think we're supposed to think that's a victory for the Jewish guy. Right. And then and, it cuts right to Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just sort of like a, a existential dread that, that Jewish people sort of see with the gentry of of waspiness. Right. That the kid who gets kicked out and off the football team he'll still be cheating okay. will still be fine. Because he comes from a rich family and is white. Exactly. And, and yeah. Brendan Fraser goes, yeah, well, fuck you. And that's the end of the movie. Well... Got to end it somehow. I mean, you're not going to solve anti-Semitism or other problems in the world in a 90-minute, uh, you know, PG-13 movie. That's so, true. There's a limit to, limit to what you can ask for. That's true. Uh, it has a 59% <laughs> rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but Roger Ebert called it surprisingly effective. Oh, that's not bad. It's not <laughs> bad from Raj. At, at combating anti-Semitism. Uh, so there's a few Jewish movies, sports that, that probably deserve some honorable mention here. I think Chariots of Fire is, a, is in a similar vein of a, you know, Jew overcoming anti-Semitism and yep. striving and in, in succeeding in sports. Uh, that's a big one. Might be the only footage we have of a Jewish person running on a beach. Yeah, it's true. You, I feel that Jews go to the beach mostly to kibitz. Oh, it's Maybe ironic. Maybe a little bit of sort of schluff. I mean, the name but... of the movie comes from the song Jerusalem, which... I also, ironically, despite its name, is like the most white Christian song that's ever been written. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, Bring Me My Pipe, uh, et cetera. Bring Me My Chariots of Fire. Yeah. It, and yet somehow called Jerusalem. It was a different era. Anyways, uh, Chariots of Fire, check Absolutely. it out. I, ha- uh, I had a schluff on a, on a beach this summer and had the worst sunburn of my life. Wow. Like a good three days of, of just horrible searing pain. I guess uh, Harold Abrahams uh, <laughs> lied to you about the, the joys of being on a beach. Exactly. He must have. That's the real Jewish beach story. I got sunburned. I got sunburned. Exactly. I'm, I didn't do any slow motion running. Yeah. Well, that was your own fault. But uh, I think given the season and the, it's a classic. The, the general press that he has been getting for uh, Uncut Gems, I wanted to talk about uh, a, a triumvirate of, of Sandler, Sandman? Sandler sports movies that I think are great Jewish sports movies. So... Uh, we start with the earliest one. Sorry, a few of them are great. Some of them are just so-so. Uncut Gems, I'm told, is not actually a sports movie, but it does feature Kevin Garnett. And Idina Menzel. Adele yeah. Dazeem, perhaps and, the greatest athlete of our time. And Mike Francesa, who is like the most Jewish-sounding non-Jew in the world. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't uh, anyways, know. yeah. Enough, enough of the Francesa um, impersonations but i think it involves sandler's character gambling on sports i think so and kevin garnett comes into his jewelry shop so i haven't seen it yet i'm really i would really like to maybe that's maybe that's the christmas movie for us yeah um but starting early on uh his second movie that was like you know his own big name movie was uh, happy gilmore which i think is happy gilmore supposed to be jewish you know 
He was a I've subway this, spokesman. I've had that this, seems like a pretty Jewish thing to do. I've had this debate with people before. I think Adam Sandler is playing a Jewish character in a movie. I think he, in pretty much most of his movies. I, I'm saying that unless you're telling me otherwise, and I guess you could say, well, Gilmore is not a very Jewish name, and he's you know a Boston area hockey fan. It fanatic. is O-R-E, so yeah. maybe. But the name alone does not convince me. I'm going to say Sandler, if he's in a movie, he's playing a Jewish character. Okay. He is Jewish enough that he's doing it. In the same way that you know, if Seth Rogen's in a movie, they don't have to say he's Jewish. <laughs> he's just Jewish. That's the way he. That's the way he comes across and looks. So Happy Gilmore. I think you know both you and I are big golf fans, and I think it's mm-hmm. it's it's been really the golf movie of that our generation has glommed on to. I mean, you go on the course, and, and there's lots of Happy Gilmoreisms that that come. Oh, out, all the time. All, all, all the time. Um, get out of the way. Somebody's a, closer. Exactly. Exactly. And you can count on me waiting <laughs> for you in the parking lot. <laughs> we are just doing it. Yeah. Uh, um, but Happy Gilmore, that's that's really the first one. Uh, a few years later, Adam Sandler's back as Bobby Boucher, the water boy. Uh, you know, a fun a I don't fun think movie. Bobby Boucher is supposed to be Jewish. No, they I guess that's true. Lot, they eat too many reptiles as a family to be really appreciate kashrut. Like, I, I, we that's didn't really true. keep kosher in my house. I don't think my no mom alligator? would have eaten a snake. Is alligator kosher? I would assume not. I think it's got to be no. Is gator kosher? I think it's got to be no. If there's any uh, Florida Bayou Jews <laughs> listening to our podcast, please write in and let us know the, the cush root laws as it comes to large reptiles. As well as well as I'd love to hear your best gator recipe. If it's slow cooked, fast cooked, does it, does it have like the consistency of a halibut Gross. or more of like a chicken type thing? As someone who doesn't eat meat, the idea of eating an alligator especially disgusts me, let's say. Why is um, that? Is it the teeth? Is it the scales? I don't know. Uh, or is it the cloaca? I think it's the fact that it could really... It could For me, really... it's the cloaca. Is that what alligators have? I guess so. I think so. Yeah, because they're reptiles. Oh. Yeah. Uh, anyways, The Waterboy, great movie. Uh, Adam Sandler plays Bob Boucher, uh, water boy for a college football team who, you know, finds his inner rage and becomes a, a you know, a, a linebacker of some renown. She finds his inner rage through the help of someone who is... Not very many degrees of separation from this podcast itself. No, our accidental uh, guest, Henry Winkler, <laughs> plays, plays his coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Henry Winkler accidentally called into our show a, a few months Which back. Which is amazing because this is not a call-in show. <laughs> <laughs> so the Waterboy's number two. Okay, so le- a little less Jewish because Bob Boucher, I think, is supposed to be a sort of Cajun, French-Canadian background, yeah. uh, Louisiana uh, Kathy Bates Ka- isn't Catholic- Jewish either. Kathy Bates isn't no, Jewish. No, she plays his mother. Uh, but still, oh, I should have said in Happy Gilmore, Francis Bay, uh, who plays Happy Gilmore's grandmother, is Jewish. Canadian so, Jew from Winnipeg. Like, matrial- matrilineally. Matrilineally. He's Happy Jewish. Gilmore might be Jewish. He's yeah. Jewish, yeah. And uh, then the third Sandler sports movie, I think, not doesn't really compare to the first two, uh, but it's worth mentioning, is The Longest Yard, uh, yep. the remake of the Burt Reynolds classic, where he plays a sort of disgraced uh, football star who goes to prison and leads his team in a in a game against the guards it's worth mentioning i don't know that his character is explicitly jewish in that movie um but you know still the sandman uh and that's it i mean you know very much the sandman i I think he loves sports they say he plays basketball a lot on set like he always has has a has a game going yeah it is do we think that Zohan is a sports movie. There is a oh, large hacky sack scene. Yeah. A ha- competitive hacky sack scene throughout the film. There it is. also seems that there's a lot of competitive fizzy bubbly chugging. That's true. That if the Israelis or the Palestinians could chug fizzy fruit soda faster. Right. 
Yeah, there's competitive. Which might hacky be the most there. Israeli sport I've ever heard of in my life, by the way. The hacky sack, I thought, I thought was a little. Dis- I, I always thought that part of the movie was sort of weird because it's not actually a thing that Israelis do. I think with any like verb, I think they hacky sack. I think they hack a little bit, but like only as much as any. You know, more so, more so to the scene where he catches a fish in his ass on the beach. Is that right. more Jewish? Yeah, I more mean, Israeli? the Zohan, the Zohan altogether is like a Jewish Superman. He's, he's, he's Vidal Sassoon. Yeah, he's Vidal Sassoon. Yeah. He's quite the athlete, but I don't know if it's a sports movie per se. Uh, I don't think Sandler has any other ones. I, I know there's like basketball scenes and grownups or whatever, but we're not counting that. But those are the big uh, sports movies. You know what? Zohan might not be a Jewish movie because it's pretty anti-Jewish that Dave Matthews is the bad guy. Oh, okay. Wait, Dave Matthews isn't Jewish. I know. Oh, okay. But I think most Jewish people would consider him the good guy. Right. Yeah. He certainly has a Jewish fan base. So those are the Sandler uh, Jewish sports movies we're recommending. And uh, School Ties. I think that, that that's, yeah. your, that's your Christmas watch list. We got a Mike Jacobs all-star of, of Jewish sports movies as well. What's that? Uh, Norman Jewison's The Hurricane. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Norman Jewison is not Jewish. No. Despite, despite his name. And directing Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> That's right. Maybe the most Jewish thing one can do. He might be a rich man, but he's not Jewish. No, uh, he's not. Furthermore, he is Canadian, though, yeah. but Norman Jewison is not Jewish. Uh, it is a man named Jewison directing a movie about a guy named Ruben. Yeah. Uh, that This movie is based on the music of Bob Dylan. That's true. That's pretty Jewish. It's pretty Jewish adjacent, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's without, pretty without, Mike Jacobs. Without having any, any actual Jewish themes in it. Uh, pretty no. Jewish adjacent. Are there any ones we haven't seen that we'd like to see? We've talked about these previous ones, but I found a movie coming up here about a yeshiva baseball team called oh. The Yankles. Okay, sure. Which is very much uh, in our wheelhouse. Okay, the uh, damn Yankles. The damn Yankles, exactly. Today I, I consider myself the eh, yeah. lucky man on the face of the earth. I don't it's not know. bad. That's Pride of the Yankees, but but not bad. Either Pride of the Pride, Ankles. Pride of the Ankles. There's yeah. a joke that uh, Howie Mandel tells where he says, nothing is good for Jewish people. Everything is a struggle, no matter what it is. Where <laughs> somebody could say, if you were to say to me, Gabe, how are you doing today? I'd go, ah, I'm fantastic. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty Jewish. Uh, that sounds pretty ac- accurate to you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's any other real Jewish sports movies. Uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer, we talked about. I guess yep. chess, if you consider it. I don't is, know that it, the Judaism is, is searching really Searching for important. Bobby Fischer even about Bobby Fischer? No, it's about a, a, a kid who's like a chess prodigy. Have you ever seen it? It's not bad. It's not great. It's very, like, of its time. Is Munich a sports movie? It's sports adjacent. It's definitely about Jews and is sports adjacent. Yeah. With a lot of uh, non-Jews playing all the Is the documentary roles. about Black September a Jewish sports movie? If so, because that's a little more... Yeah, directly at the. We're talking about like big Hollywood movies you can watch. Okay. On, you can watch on Christmas Day with the right. family. There are plenty of documentaries about anti-Semitism that are also sports adjacent. Munich. Are there any Jew- other than Steven Spielberg and the lady from Stissel? They're both in Munich. Is Eric Bana Jewish? No, I don't think so. No, neither is Daniel Craig or Kieran Hins. But um, Daniel Craig is married to a Jew. That's true. Rachel yeah. Weiss, uh, star of. Um, that movie, which I can't remember now. Disobedience? Disobedience. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I think that gives people a pretty good swath of things to look at on Christmas. Yeah. If, if they're looking for a movie to watch. Um, I would say, you know, sometimes people say, and you can catch these movies on Amazon or Netflix or just download it here. I'd say in this day and age, just figure it out. For yeah. Yourselves. Guys, it, this isn't that complicated. I, I don't know. I don't know where you live. I don't know what you have access to. I have two addendums to, to the movies we talked about earlier. 
Two things specifically about the Beauty and the Baker. Okay. Uh, it is available on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay, The great. Israeli version. There as well, go. Amazon is producing an American remake called The Baker and the Beauty, which has been reset in the Latin American community of Miami. So yeah. cha-cha-cha, it'll be very spicy. A little uh, pendolce instead of a challah. Exactly, a little yeah. pendolce instead of challah. And second, uh, School Ties. Perhaps uh, the my my movie pick of the week, um, Cinema Corner, was written by Dick Wolf. Huh, how about that, Mister Law and Order himself, who is Jewish. Yeah, with a name like Dick Wolf, I think you know, pretty Jewish. So, um, what, what's the Hebrew name of Dick Wolf? Shlong Zev <laughs> or Zev Shlong? Uh, well, that might be a, a question for to be answered on another edition of the Menschwarmers. <laughs> uh, I think that's it for for Jewish sports movies. I, I would say as well, um, not exi- not not really a Jewish movie, but uh, The Natural, one of my favorite baseball movies, was directed by Barry Levinson, who is <gasps> who is Jewish, and is I get him confused with Barry Blaustein. Who's Barry Blaustein? Another movie director. What did he make? Uh, Barry Blaustein. He directed the famous wrestling documentary uh, Beyond the Mat. Okay. Uh, which is sort of about the crack addiction of Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, interesting. Um, he was on Saturday Night Live for several years. He uh-huh. wrote poli- several police academies. Uh, he directed and uh, Coming to America oh, okay. uh, with John Landis, The Nutty Professor 1 and 2, as well as the sequel coming up soon, Coming 2. For those listening, I understand it is the radio. I am holding up the number two with my index and middle finger. Uh-huh. Uh, to America, starring Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, coming back. Wait, they're making uh, a Coming to America sequel? Yeah, they're coming back from Zamunda. No, that's crazy. Yeah, it turns out that apparently he had a son during uh, his time in America the first time. I guess time. Arsenio Hall did? Uh, one or, of them did. No, right. I think I think Prince Akeem did. Really? Um, and or maybe Randy Watson. I don't know. I assume the lead singer of Someone. Sexual Chocolate would have had a lot of sex. I but... hope they bring back the old Jewish guy in the barbershop. Absolutely. Where Eddie Murphy in Jew face. Yeah. I don't know if he's you know he can do that anymore. Gets a total pass. That's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> As the Mench Warmers say, he gets man. What is man. this? What is this velvet? <laughs> yeah, it gets a pass. So. Uh, That's great. So, uh, but Barry Levinson, uh, who we're talking about, is directing a movie coming up soon on, about uh, Harry Haft, a legendary Jewish boxer, starring Ben Foster. So maybe uh, we'll talk about that when it comes. Ben out. Foster, I feel, can play anybody. Yeah, he's Jewish. He Jewish. is Jewish. Born Jewish. No way. I think he might be a Scientologist now. He's Ooh. married to Laura Prepon. Apparently, Beck definitely... came back to Judaism. Wow. Good yeah, for him. that was in the New Yorker profile this week. A little more literary corner. Beck is no longer a Scientologist. He's Jewish again. I Though, if you want to talk about Jewish sports movies... Sure. Uh, I, I do. Yeah. I think I have been. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, I saw a film starring Ben Foster. Okay. Jewish guy, directed by Stephen Frears, who I believe is also Jewish. Uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, about Lance Armstrong, who is definitely not Jewish. No, definitely not. Where uh, Ben Foster played Lance Armstrong. Right. Uh, it was called was, a heist is it, movie. Is it good, that movie? No. Okay. Eh, it was fine. Uh, what's his name? Landry. Jesse Plemons. He was pretty good as uh, Floyd Landis. Oh, yeah. Sure. Flo- and, and Floyd was a Mormon. Not a Mormon. Uh, a uh, Amish. Oh, really? Yeah. Who uh, turned into a bike. Well, probably best to leave it there before we get too much further off the rails. Um, Philomena is a Stephen Frears film. That- <laughs> <laughs> is Steve Coogan just? No, he's not. No, I, um, I don't think yeah. so. 
But uh, yeah, we'll get back to it with the new year. Uh, maybe look into some more films starring Jews yeah. in the sports world uh, for some more winter viewing. We're looking uh, forward to the uh, the football playoffs. Maybe there might be a couple of Jewish owners or players we can focus on. In the yeah, new year. and Edelman should be should be back involved this year again. And uh, uh, what's his name? Schwartz on the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right, uh, Mitchell Schwartz. Jeff, Jeff. Uh, and of Sounds course, like. and also Taylor Mays, uh, who I believe is on the Rams now. Maybe. Uh, no, Not he, sure he was a Bengal for a while. Uh, anyways, uh, and the Rams aren't going to make the playoffs probably. But uh, anyways, until then, I uh, wish you guys Raiders. all a, a happy new year. Uh, it's on the Raiders. A happy conventional calendar new year. Uh, yeah. Already had the Jewish one a few exactly. months ago. I'm still writing, as Jamie said, I've just started writing 5780 on my checks. Yeah. So. So, uh, I feel like 2020, 2020 is a weird year. I just it, it's too weird conceptually. Yes, we'd love to outline a vision 2020 for your our podcast for you. But we what haven't. if we start saying 2020? Do you think that'll catch on? Maybe. Okay. Or how about 2020? Oh, weird. You're on yeah. another level. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, until then, please uh, like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you're getting wherever you're getting this podcast. That's where you should be subscribing yeah. to it. Um, um, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Podbean. Yeah. Podkicker. Podkicker. Ooh. And that's, uh, that's what I use. As an always reminder, if Larry Tannenbaum is listening and would like to discuss the filmography of Dick Wolf, including School Ties. Or any of the Law and Order shows. You're that's welcome. Right. Uh, but yeah, until then, like and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Manchwarmers and on Facebook at the CJN Podcast Network. Uh, thanks, as always, to the Canadian Jewish News for putting out our podcast and putting up with our digressions from time to time. That's right. Uh, thanks to our, our producer, Alex Rose, not with us today, and our supervising producer, Michael Freeman, who is guest uh, producing guest episode, producing and, and keeping our, our faces close enough to the microphones that the levels aren't too bad. But until next year, we'll see you next year. See you next decade in 2020. Wow. No, the decade's 2021. No, the yeah. decade starts. No, no, no. The it's 20s. We're, this is ridiculous. What are you talking about? We're in a Kramerica new millennium. No, no, no. Millennium this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Here. What decade? What decade do the does the? Sorry, what year does the twenties start in? Nineteen twenty-one. That's absurd. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. All right, we'll see you guys in what I think is the twenties uh, next time on the Men. I think we're in a, like a time hole. Take care.